This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's the place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Okay, folks, welcome aboard. Dr. Charles Parker here one more time, and this is Core Brain Journal coming through the airwaves globally. We're in over 90 countries now, if you can imagine that. So the bottom line here is what we're going to be talking about today is going to hold a high degree of interest for a lot of you, anywhere from a professional down to a street person. And that is, um, you may not be familiar with the term cathartic, but Freud threw the cathartic theory of mental health out in, my friends, before, get this, before 1900. So we're more than 100 years out, and people still think that catharsis, getting your feelings out in an unrestricted way, is a ticket to mental health. And what we're going to do is introduce you to uh, Philip DeLuca, a social worker. Thanks for joining us, Phil. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. My, my honor. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk to uh, Phil about this whole thing, about how to get this whole business of what you say, how you say it, and we're going to talk about this in great detail. But before we get started, let's take a moment to hear a brief word from our valued sponsors. For you, you listeners already know how much we love the reality of data here at CBJ. And today we welcome our clinical friend and our new sponsor partner, Direct Health Access. It's a laboratory that sets up a new standard for methylation cryptopyrrole and copper testing challenges that directly affect brain function. One of our most valued interviews is Dr. Bill Walsh, and Dr. Walsh is, uh, originally was in uh, episode 115, but he just came on for a special one hour on the end of autism, which is directly related to these measurements. So it's important. Remember this about direct health access. If they can serve, that laboratory can serve professionals in Nigeria. They can certainly help you out in Fargo. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back in just a minute. And the other uh, person and group that we really like to work with is the nonprofit Barry Robinson Center right here in beautiful downtown Norfolk. They have a major residential care area, and it's an exemplary nonprofit residential care area for teenagers and children. And they are a new sponsor and partner with a deep interest in fresh options that get away from the acute care model Get somebody in for five days, turn them around, wham, bam, throw some meds at them, talk to you later. That's the current standard of care in the United States right now. And Barry Robinson says, we got to put some quality in this situation. We're going to put relationships and family right directly into the care that we have for the uh, kids that come uh, into our shop here. So they are family-oriented, interpersonal, and global, and they are TRICARE friendly more in just a moment. So let's go on and introduce our friend here, Philip DeLuca, licensed clinical social worker. He prefers to be called, get this, the untalk therapist. Now, you've heard of Dr. Phil. Well, he is Dr. Un, un UN. When he started doing psychotherapy 40 years ago, he doesn't look that old in video. I can tell you that right now, folks. I'm looking at him here on, on Zoom, and he doesn't look that old. But 40 years ago, he quickly realized that the, quote, express yourself communication approaches were creating more rather than less conflict. He is very much, we're very much together on this topic. It's one of the reasons we want to have him on. The whole business of the cathartic theory of mental health is so far outdated, it's ridiculous. It has like the, the phlegm is floating around your body, and if you get it out, you get the poisons out. You know, the whole idea of uh, express yourself is is long gone. So he dedicated himself to finding out why those uh, cathartic experiences, why getting it out wasn't working. So on this multi-decade uh, journey, he turned to the latest body and brain science to upgrade the outdated quote express yourself model that was developed in the 60s. And he became his own guinea pig and eventually his own successful case study. So we're going to hear more about that in just a second. What he developed was an alternative holistic model that frequently works where conventional couples therapy fail 
and brings more quickly uh, the individuals more quickly to results and it's easy to understand on top of it and implement it at home he calls it communication for the 21st century i'm looking forward to hearing about this so phil let's talk a little bit about where you are, what you're doing right now, and then get right into this whole conversation about conversations. Okay. I'm uh, working in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina area, up in Lake mm-hmm. Norman, and I'm, a, uh, I'm in private practice, and I see person after person, couple after couple, and uh, I just try to get them to resolve their conflict by getting them to stop talking to each other. Now, that sounds contradictory, but, you know, in the 60s, they came out with the express yourself approach. I was in graduate school, and what I heard was, hey, we've got a new way to communicate. And it basically boiled down to three things. Get your anger off your chest, because keeping it repressed anger is a killer. Uh, always be honest and open about how you feel. No secrets. Mm-hmm. And always deal with the problem now, or you're, quote, running from the problem. Never go to bed mad at each other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's become gospel now. It's become almost settled science. Nobody questions it. Everybody I see is into it. Uh, but it's creating massive problems for people. Well, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's how to deal with your problems without thinking. You know, we want to be reptilian in our response. Yes. Which exactly. We're going we're to be reptiles. We're going to do systems one thinking. And we've got a number of interviews here at, at uh, Core Brain Journal where we've interviewed individuals who are very much against the systems one model and they're into systems two, which is the systems one is reptilian and systems two is why don't we think about what we're doing? So I'm looking forward to hearing exactly how you do that. Okay. Well, uh, so I started doing some research, came up with uh, the fight or flight response and uh, started focusing on how to deliver that to people, how to show people that this is actually what's going on, and also neuroplasticity. I also was coming up at the same time with a lot of health concerns. I was losing my memory. I developed rheumatoid arthritis. That was both of them spreading quickly. So I started getting into alternative health and seeing how I could, could uh, cure this because conventional medicine, as you know, for uh, chronic disease is totally worthless. Uh, it's just a money machine. So... Uh, Uh, What I discovered when I started looking at the science behind the physiology of the body, I was like, this is exactly what works in relationships. And when I put them all together, voila, I came up with an integrated approach that uh, helps people fix their relationship and also their health. Um, Sounds like a comprehensive plan. And you know what it sounds like, which I'm looking forward to hearing. One of the things that I've always had heartburn about because you know this as well as I do. You're a mental health professional. You go to mental health professional meetings, and you see people stand up and have a catharsis right there on the stage, wherever, and talk about things people disrespectfully have, get their feelings out, you know. And, and what happens so often is that people don't pay attention to the actual process of what's going on, they're just going to get that content off their chest. And most of that content is affect yes, right. rather, rather than it's content of affect rather than how do I handle the process correctly? That's, yeah. That goes on in mental health meetings. So you know what's going on in homes around, around, around yeah. the globe, really. Yeah. So and, go ahead. And actually, it's more than that because if the fight or flight response, basically it's, it's um, the body perceives a threat, right? The, The front brain is our thinking, cerebral cortex, thinking brain, calm, rational, higher learning, uh, problem solving, long term. Our amygdala, our lizard brain, as it's popular out there, our survival brain, uh, is short term oriented, uh, only interested in survival at the moment, volatile, irrational, and also oppositional. One of the things I've observed about it, it is oppositional. It's, It's there. It perceives a threat. It's going to take an anti-stance. When I looked up oppositional, it said uh, conflict-seeking, provocative, and, quote, taking an anti-stance. So what happens is the body, we get stress. It's very bad also, this fight-or-flight response, at perceiving real from imagined threats. Better safe than sorry if you're about to be somebody else's meal. So better overreact than underreact. So it 
it overreacts 99.9% of the time. So we will react the same way over perceived or real threats. Somebody takes our parking spot we were waiting for, we'll react the same way as if we're about to be eaten by a bear. Uh, so what happens is, right, that's where road rage comes from. So what happens is uh, the fight or flight response, the body perceives a threat, blood starts getting rerouted by our hypothalamus, which is like a switching unit from the front of our brain to the back. And research shows in extreme cases up to 70% of our blood flow gets rerouted from the front of our ba- brain to the back. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, so basically, uh, if, you fall, if you've ever fallen asleep on a limb and you have no blood in your limb, you can't mentally use that limb. So what happens is you have what's called survival brain or amygdala hijack. I call it lizard brain hijack, where if you've ever been had this, if you've ever been in a stressful situation and you've had this internal dialogue going on, come on, act right now. Don't take that. No, stay calm. This is going to have a real bad consequence. That's the two parts of the brain, front and back, talking to each other. The survival brain is dark, bleak, doom, gloom, protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and then at some point, as the stress keeps rising, at some point you have what's called amygdala hijack, where uh, the back brain takes over and you see yourself saying and doing certain things, but you can't stop yourself. It's like, quote, I'm watching a film of my life when I'm helpless to do anything about it. That's in scientific terms called amygdala hijack. And so what happens at that point is uh, now the brain, those the front and back brain are connected through the autonomic nervous system through uh, to, to 90% of our organs. So they're all jacked up. Now we have heart, high, uh, heart increases, lungs expand 1,200% to take in oxygen for fighting or fleeing, uh, digestion stops, more energy for fight. So you have all of these changes going on. And then when uh, you also have now the survival brain in control. This is dark, doom, volatile, irrational. So there's, it affects mood, uh, attitude and thoughts. It's like if you've ever been in a situation where you saw you were chatting with somebody, they got upset, and it's like an alien entered their body, and it's like they're a completely different person. And then they calm down, and the alien leaves, and they're back to being themselves. And absolutely, absolutely, I'm totally with you on that. Now, here's the thing, and you're saying it very explicitly and very correctly, and I really appreciate that whole blood flow concept that you're adding there. But I think the other thing, which I've mentioned in a couple of other episodes with other individuals I've been speaking with, is the denial of time, okay? So what happens is the lizard brain has no concept of time. Yes, it's all now. It's all now. Snapshot, an emotional snapshot. Yeah, and the, and the higher thinking brain the prefrontal cortex, the planning, the the strategy, and tactics. Now, tactics is getting close to here and now, but it still has something to do with planning. Strategy is long-term. So that part of the brain, which is prefrontal cortex, is involved with time. That's systems to mentation, however you want to slice it. Yes. And so what happens, either a, a person, I think, has to be aware of that process when they're doing conflict resolution if they aren't aware of that process they have no idea what they're doing they're living in a reptilian world yes. and they're out fighting with the tyrannosaurus rex rex is going to eat them up yes. and they're and and you use the metaphor it's, it's a crocodile situation which is here and now and uh, eat or be eaten and and the result is they wind up frozen in time because they don't actually pay attention to time so when you when you're not aware of it you just it takes you up and you don't have there's no con since you don't appreciate it you're not time is not your friend you don't know how to work with time time is time is a stranger to you well you're just going to deal with it right there thank you very much i have never seen any of that kind of stuff in the news lately you know what i'm saying i have no idea what you're talking about yeah Now, now one of the things is this reptilian brain takes a snapshot, emotional snapshot, and stores it. And it's always there now. The front brain, the thinking brain, no sequences. Next week is next week. Five years ago was five years ago. So when we get upset and this reptilian brain is in charge of us, this whole hijack, it all pops up on the screen as if it occurred now. That's why when people get into conflict, they'll bring up stuff 
that's 20 years old and totally irrelevant because that brain is in control and it's all right here, right now. What happened yesterday is the same as what happened 20 years ago. Uh, so true. So true. You know, and I'll tell you just one quick thing. You know, I happen to be a recovering psychoanalyst. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I, <laughs> yes, I spent thousands of dollars and a lot of years training psychoanalysis. <laughs> I loved it, though. I am not whining here. I'm telling you, it was a great experience. I had some absolutely wonderful, very smart mentors and, and saw some very interesting challenges resolved with people that we had in analysis back then. But here's, the, here's a quote from Freud, the quote that I like from Freud that's referential to exactly what we're talking about here in 2017. There is no time in the unconscious. Ah, yes. And that was, and of course he used it to say, if we get down to the unconscious, we'll see what the ultimate conflict is, which is true. I mean, there's a measure of truth in that because then what does analysis do? I'm not a proponent of analysis, don't misunderstand me, but it does bring the past up and put it into a more, honored time sequential what are we going to do in the future with this piece of thing that has been lurking around in the darkness in the past yes, yeah. i thought you'd get a kick out of that concept of time and freud's quote yeah let me give you an example of exactly how this works so or you and i are in an interaction right mm -hmm. and uh, i'm upset so i'm going to put these sunglasses on now right let me pull out these sunglasses real quick right so i've got these sunglasses on now reflecting my dark survivor brain mood all right yes, and listeners i have to tell you he looks very bad right now <laughs> i'm looking at him in zoom he's terrifying okay <laughs> now when we we're in this mood remember there's mood uh thought and attitude changes we all get hostile we get our thoughts get scrambled and we get provocative all right so now i've got this piece of paper in front of me this blank piece of paper and and i've got the i'm upset but you're not so you're seeing things realistically i'm looking through a blue lens and everything in this lens which i believe is true uh, is blue the walls the ceiling you know chuck you need to go to the doctor you got blue skin you're seriously ill. <laughs> so that's how i see it and you're looking at me like what do you mean everything's tan white what's he talking about so here it is i'm in i'm in survivor brain right i'm, I'm hostile i'm provocative uh, my lens is warped now i say to you you see this white piece of paper you see this piece of paper i gave you here i asked you to get copy of paper uh and what do you bring back you bring back blue paper what good is blue copy of paper i need white copy of paper what's your problem tell me what's your problem what do you think i'm stupid or a fool i know blue when i see blue what do you say back it's white, buddy. You can't it, see it. It's white. You're crazier than, than your mother, and she's a crazy. And this is blue. So now I think we need to have an argument. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're getting upset. So I'm going to give you green glasses. All right. So now I'm saying. So you really think this is blue? Uh, this is white. Yeah. And what do you say? You got your green glasses on. Okay. No, it's really not white after all. You it's know, it's green. it's green. And I'm like, first it's white, then it's green. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. So we get, that's when we're upset. So now we calm down, right? Blood reflows back to the front brain. We have, uh, and, and our lens clears out. And now we look at this white paper. I'm like, oh, it is white. And now we have regrets, guilt, and shame. And so that's what happens. We try to talk through lizard brain. We're in frontal thinking brain, thinking they're there too. That's why they twist everything in pretzels. That's why everything we say, they bring up irrelevant topics. In lizard brain, we're not interested in resolution. We're interested in conflict. Key point. Key point right there. Exclamation point. They so, want conflict. They yes. live on conflict. So what have the communication approaches of the last 50, 40, 50 years have said? Stay calm. Talk through. Be logical. Get your anger out. Be uh uh, be honest and open about how you feel. Uh, don't go to bed mad at each other. So what they're doing is they're forcing people into a conflict mode because everything I say, you're going to twist around and use it to manipulate me and pull me into conflict. Because one of the things I realized with this lizard brain, it's a reciprocal brain. It feeds on conflict. So it's like oxygen and flyer. And one of the things about the fight or flight response is it's an inflammation of the body. The body is an inflammation. Interesting point. Interesting point That's yeah. why it affects health so badly. You know, studies show, here's the science. Studies show that 
episodic anger outbursts for two hours after that outburst increase uh, heart attack and, and stroke rate 500%. Mm. Over time, when you're in this chronic stress situation where you're in touch with this inflammation, get in touch with your inflammation, stay in touch with it, get it out. It's you. Be true to your feelings. Yes, but which feelings? The ones you have regret with later or the ones that you're feeling now? Uh, it raises cancer rates 3,000% over time. Heart attack and stroke rate, 2,000%. Alzheimer's rate increases metabolic disorders, hormone disruptors. I mean, we're talking a major impact on people's health. So it really messes with your immune system, uh, really, because all of those things you're talking about have to do with the body's natural defenses to manage itself. Yes. So it takes, a, it takes a psychological, the psychic manifestation into a deterioration with the body. Let me emphasize one point here that I think is very well taken in what you're talking about. And that is every time you raise the point, every time there's a uh, reptilian discourse that's beginning it's somebody can lead into it with the innocent remark how do you really feel uh, it's, yeah. it's okay now if you tell how you really feel yes you are honest. gonna you're yeah be be <laughs> true, to yourself. true to yourself but which speak your mind but the question is which mind yeah. My survival mind or my thinking loving mind? It's not, it's not a thinking mind. A, they, want, they want to get you undressed and vulnerable because in that situation, yes. that person is a reptilian person looking for a meal at that point. That's exactly because right. Because as soon as you say how you feel, you are chow. That's right. They're going to twist it and distort it and pull you in. So no matter, And here's, the, here's where conventional approaches trap people. So here's the scenario. You're having a good day, you come home, you open the door, and you're like, your frontal brain says, uh-oh, Houston, we got a problem. They're, mad, they're angry. They're in their lizard brain, right? You can tell because they're, they're looking at you, a certain, they're giving you the evil eye. They're not talking about certain topics or, or not talking at all. So you're like, uh-oh, we got a problem. Now you know they're going to want to talk about it, right? But if I talk about it, we're going to get into an argument, and if I don't talk about it to try to avoid that guaranteed argument, then, quote, I'm running from the problem and they're just going to escalate and follow me around till we get into it anyway. So you're in a lose-lose situation no matter what you do. This is a terrific part of the conversation right here because you're leading us into what's next. This is great. Now, I'm going to ask you the question in just a minute because you've taken us to Many people listening to you are sitting right on the edge of their seats. They, every single person listening to this conversation has been in this situation. Of course, I haven't because I'm a trained psychoanalyst. But. <laughs> or me neither, of course. <laughs> we're perfect. But, but we've all, we've, we're all humans, and we've been in this situation. I'm going to tell you, we're going to take that break now, and what I'm going to do is come back, and we'll have a little word from our sponsors. We come back, we're going to say to you, okay, now that we have that recognition that this engagement is taking place, how do we handle it? How can we constructively resolve that situation so we don't fall down that rabbit hole? And we, we, what we'll do is we'll be back in just a minute, and I'll ask that question. Let's take a break. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level for families including military families internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know we refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing? So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. 
Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's d-h-a-l-a-b.com forward slash core. Well, thanks for your patience, guests. I know and listeners, you are sitting as I am right on the edge of things. We had to talk to sponsors there, but we're right at a very tense moment in our own conversation because everybody listening to this, it doesn't matter whether you're in India, uh, whether you're in England, Australia, Russia, when you hear this, you've been in this conversation with somebody before, and that is you're drawn into, okay, I want to fight with you. And I want to do it in a certain way that looks on the surface like it's going to be productive. I'm going to take this conversation to an affective level. Now, so, Philip, what do you do with this? Tell us a little bit how, how can you resurrect that conversation to make it constructive and have it enter that prefrontal cortex the way it should? Okay, good question. First, a little background. Um, have you ever wondered why when you try to talk to them, they twist it around? So everything you say is used against you. When you say, stay calm, so you're in your frontal thinking brain, they say, I am calm. Or don't you tell me to stay calm? So they, get, they oppose it. Mm -hmm. uh, when you try to uh, leave the room, they follow you around after threatening you with, if you leave, the door will be, the locks will be changed, it'll be all over. Have you ever wondered why they trying so hard to keep you from escaping. And there's the key word, escape. Because with our crocodile brain, we see you as a meal that is escaping. And we have to grab you and drag you back into the river, spin you around a few times, and stuff you under a log for a later meal. Uh, so that's why they won't let you leave. I they mean, got, they, they've got the bite going. You're <laughs> in their mouth. Yes. They just haven't had a chance to chew you up yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're starting to wiggle around, and you want to, like, wiggle out, and they're like, don't even think about it. The more you yeah. wiggle, the more I'm clamping down right now. That's exactly right. So that's why they don't want you to escape. So what I'll, what I'll do with people, I'll say, so let me ask you, why are they escalating when you try to escape? Well, the reason they're escalating is because you're cutting them off from the fix. See, the real, the basis of, of, our, of this alligator brain is that it seeks conflict. So when you're escaping, you're denying it the conflict that it seeks. One of the things that happens when we get into chronic uh, fight or flight is one of the chemicals released is adrenaline. And one of the things that happens when uh, we get adrenaline addicted. So we go through withdrawal when there's not a conflict. That's why they're not letting you escape. They're going through withdrawal. So actually when you're escalating, when you try to leave, you're actually winning because you're cutting them off from the fix. And that's a very important point. Let me just say that a different way for some of our listeners. What happens is that the prefrontal cortical activity that you might be trying to draw them into is not as exciting. It isn't, uh, it isn't as stimulating to them because you're actually going to start thinking. You don't have the juice going when you're thinking. You've got the juice going when you're arguing. So what happens is they want to keep you juiced because then it's real. It's, everything else is not real. Affect is real. Cognition is not real. And in a way, I'm going to tell you this right now, you're going to get a little bias from me. That's part of the problem with the entire diagnostic coding system 
of the American Psychiatric Association. As much as I love my colleagues, we're developmentally arrested over there, and I'm a life member of the American Psychoanalytic uh, Psychiatric Association. The bottom line is they focus on affect and don't want to think about cognition unless the person has Alzheimer's or traumatic brain injury. I mean, cognition is not in the book. And, and at least 50%, I think it's more than 50% of what we do, is cognitive debate. It's our very survival is based on cognition, not on affect. Yes. And yep. so anyway, you go ahead. I'm going to just throw, throw that out a little bit. So what I suggest to people is this. Uh, you need to disengage. You need to leave the room. Now, what you have to do is plan this out ahead of time. You want to leave the room and you want to go to a place uh, where you want to get away from them. But here's the problem. They're going to escalate. So I'll ask people, well, can you go into another room? 5% will say, yes, that'll work. The other 95% say, no, that won't work because they'll follow me. Can you close the door? Another 5% say, yes, that'll work. Another 90% will say, no, they'll, they'll, they'll go through the door. Can you lock the door? 5% will say, yeah, that'll keep them out. The other 85% will say, no, that won't work. I'll say, well, why? The door's locked. Because they'll get in their car, they'll ram it through the wall, and while I'm pinned in the rebel, they'll finish the rubble, they'll finish the argument. Bad plan, right? <laughs> Slight I've never seen that happen before. <laughs> Slight exaggeration, but they do. They'll no, fight. it happens all the time. It's, yeah, it's so true. I've had, I've had women jump on the windshield as the man is driving away and holding on to the windshield through a, through a, a, a nice neighborhood. Uh, the men don't hang on windshields. They just break the windshield. It's yeah. a more manly thing to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the point is, uh, uh, the culturally accepted, the culturally accepted yeah. method to express affect in yeah. some, you know, counterproductive way it's the manly thing to do just completely blow up the car you know yeah the women will hang on and you know and and and, and scream through the window that's okay uh in their culture mm -hmm. uh, but anyway so you need to plan how they're going to follow you what how they're going to escalate and that's the mistake people make they think if i just talk through this they'll calm down when they don't it makes it uh it makes it worse one of the things the science shows that is that the worst Thing to, to get through lizard brain is talk. Talk doesn't work. It makes it more. That makes them more provocative and agitated. So I saw. I was seeing a guy yesterday. And he had this exact example going on, and he said, "So what do I do if I?" She, she'll get mad. She'll freak out. So I said, "Well, there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, science shows that when you caress or hug somebody, it releases." The feel-good chemicals, and what they do is they calm. It's like water on the fire. You put on calming music. You uh, you tell them how you love them. I turn to my wife when she gets upset, and it's not very often. And, and I say, "Honey, let me tell you, I love you very much. Your love is extremely important to me." And I hug her as I whisper that in her ear, and then I walk away. And she likes turns to mush at that point. Uh, so there's a lot of things that will get through to that. Uh, lizard brain, of course, we don't have the time to go into all of them, but uh, talking is the worst possible thing. And sometimes you just have to leave and wait till they calm down, then re-engage, because then when they get calmed down, then they're in thinking logical brain, and then the two logical thinking brains can talk to each other. Now, let's tease that part a point apart a little bit here, because it's, I think it's a very important point. Because what's going on is they want to stay on the lizard mentality. They want to be reptilian with you. Yes, conflict. And you then are saying, I don't want to be reptilian. I want to be cognitive. I want to be uh, tactical, strategic. I want to plan on the future. You're actually talking out of their reference point because their process is reptilian. It's not cognition. It's they don't not, have a clue. They can't yeah. comprehend that either. So, and so what you're saying, I'm asking you now, I'm not telling you, I want to hear what your response to this is. So it sounds like what's happening is you're saying to people, hey, folks, don't try to do the thinking. What you want to do is switch them to a different type of behavior in some way yes. so that it's going away from the polarized process of how do we approach this problem. 
Correct. Because the polarized process is, I'm going to say to you, you know, you and I are arguing, I'm going to say we need to do this in a systems two process. And you're going to say, no, I'm going to be reptilian with you, buddy. I'm going to be reptilian until you die. Yes. And then I'm going to come and say, well, hey, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm, even by discussing it with you in the way I'm discussing it with you, yes. I'm actually unwittingly, unintentionally polarizing the conversation because yes. I'm taking a completely different attack on how this process of yes. conflict resolution should, in fact, take place. I'm arguing with you without knowing that I'm arguing with you. Yes, and I'm feeding it. You're actually feeding it. Because yeah. you're giving them stuff, they're looking only to twist and pull you into conflict. So every word, every thought, every move, they're scanning. Their lizard survival brain is scanning because you're a predator about to hurt them, eat them. They're scanning for a way to exploit. That's why they pull us in. That's why they introduce irrelevant topics, topics 20 years old, toxic words, jerk, moron, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And how do we know? Here's an interesting point. How do... Have you ever wondered how the person knows exactly how to hurt me or cut me or buttons to push when they're upset? Real classic. I hear that all the time. What we do is we scan our frontal brain, which remember has only got 25% blood flow, so it's not dead. It's just comatose. And we say, okay, so tell us what bothers them. Give, up this, uh, give them this look, bring up this topic, put this finger in their face, and when all else fails, criticize their mother. Oh, it's so funny. I didn't know that was the punchline. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's so true, you know. And then are their sister, are their brother, you know, are their wife or whatever. So, oh, my mother, you're bringing in my mother. Now we're going to fight. <laughs> now, we have, now, now we go over to kill. But yeah. here's the thing. While we're talking about this, I think the other thing that happens, I think that thinking cognitively to a lizard brain person, to actually think about strategy and tactics is, in fact, intimidating. That's the point I didn't quite get to making, okay? So if you and I are going and you're doing the reptilian thing with me, which, by the way, you're doing a great job of being reptilian. I want to give you a long-distance <laughs> high-five on that, okay? <laughs> but if I'm coming along and I'm doing the, you know, intellectual thing, for want of a better experience, I'm trying to say, let's take this into a different level. I'm actually overpowering you in a certain way from a reptilian position. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm taking you over by doing this cognitive thing and I'm actually accentuating. I said this before, we've agreed on this point, but I didn't really think of the power of intellectual gameplay as being intimidating to the reptile. You're actually pushing them further into it because they see it more as a threat. So they're going to get more oppositional and more combative and their mood's going to get darker their attitude's going to get more provocative and their thoughts are going to get more scrambled the more we get into that brain that's what happens to us that is a very doggone interesting point i mean i haven't really thought that through before and i and i would bet that many many folks in our audience uh, have not have not thought that through in that manner before so now we're at this unwitting unintentional process polarization and unknown unaware not aware it's yeah. and, and we're in denial about the process. Yes. We're just living the process. Yes. We're co I'm coping with one thing. You're coping with another thing. And neither one of us are actually going to get together because I'm actually provocative with you at the point. I had no idea I'm being pro provocative because I think I'm being, get this, folks, a nice guy. Yes. You are being a bad guy. I am being a nice guy. My nice guy routine is provoking your bad guy. Because you're saying to me, don't pull that crap on me, Parker. I don't trust you. I think this whole nice guy thing is a ruse. And I'm, I'm going to take it down to how you really are. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to irritate you one way or another. We're going to get real together here because you're faking it right now. And we're going to get real. We're going to do this whole thing of getting undressed and, and doing jujitsu, mental jujitsu right yeah. here. Yes. And if you, if you don't do it, then you're not real. I'm not going to listen to you anyway. And you just keep provoking you to have, have the fight. Well, actually, it's, a, it's even a deeper level than that. And the deeper level is the only thing survival thinks, uh, survival brain thinks, seeks is conflict. That's all they're interested in. Everything yeah. you're saying and doing, they're going to flip around to get the conflict. That's their fix. That's why they're made. That's why they're alive. That's their yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at, I was looking at a show, uh, 
water predators a while ago, and they went to Zimbabwe because they wanted to find out why the alligators were suddenly eating all of these people. Well, stop right there. What was the name of the show? I think it was called Water Predators. Oh, Water Predators. It sounds good. I know my grandkids would love that one. Yes, it was on the Weather Channel. So I said, so I was looking at it, and they went over there, and they talked to these alligator hunters, uh, and they had these alligator farms with tens of thousands of alligators, and they said, uh, so what happened? How do these alligators eat these people? And they said, well, there's a four-foot wall that the alligators, they don't climb very well. Uh, and this river over here flooded, and it went up 15 feet. So they swam over the river, over the wall, and they went downstream, and they, were, they started eating all of these natives that were living, hanging on to their thatched roof huts. And he said, you see that alligator over there? It's only got two things it wants, uh, uh, food and survival. Their brain has not evolved in one iota in 80 million years. That's what we have. That's exactly when that thing gets in control, it's survival. Suddenly, you're not my loving partner, but you're someone out to harm me, eat me, become a meal. So I got to protect myself from this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Of course, again, I'm saying that I've never been there before myself. <laughs> this is a great mystery that you're telling me, okay? <laughs> but I think the thing that I'm really pleased with, and I, and I want to get down to this before we wind up here, is we have everybody right here on the edge of our seats. And what we've, we have very clearly enucleated, enucleated, I mean, you have, not me, but in discussing with it, it's helped me understand it. And the question is, what do you do about it? How do you get... What's the paradigm shift that has to take place to make that dialogue constructive in the future? Okay. Conflict starts two ways. We go into lizard brain and provoke an argument, totally unaware, unknown, doesn't matter. If we knock down the dominoes, it's our fault. Or they go into, excuse me, they go into lizard brain and pull us in. So let's deal with the first one first. So what I suggest is people get in touch with when they're, fight or flight response is kicking in. Their stomach's twitching, their heart's pumping harder. You only have one sign that you need to learn. That's the sign that your blood is getting rerouted. And this all happens, by the way, in one millionth of a second, so it's real fast. Uh, so what you need to do now, when that occurs, anything after that point, once it gets activated, is going to be conflict-seeking, provocative. I'm going to put on those dark glasses, and everything I say is going to be geared to provoke an argument. So you don't want to do that because once it's out there, uh, that just sucks life out of relationships. It puts people into what I call the dead zone. There's no caring left, so why bother fixing it? So what I suggest is I teach people a skill. When that occurs, get away, go to another room, and get karma. How do you get karma? Well, you do frontal brain exercises. Neuroplasticity says our brain will respond to stimuli. So what happens over time is when people are in this chronic situation, the survival brain expands and the frontal brain shrinks. It only takes four days to shrink and grow brain cells. So now people are in a survival brain default setting. They're hypersensitive, little things trigger them off. You can't say anything to them without defending and attacking. The brain is skewed and the default setting kicks in. Everything sets them off. Negative thoughts constantly circulate in their head, they can't get the, they, they, they fume over these resentments. Uh, that's a bad place to be because yeah. you're geared towards conflict automatically, unthinkingly. And it, it, it feeds on itself in this self-reinforcing and escalating loop. So what I suggest is get away, close the door, go to a room. You got to let survival brain, lizard brain know the threat's not there. Chill down. Go to the other room. Now put on calming things that See, the fight or flight response is the counterbalance to that is the rest and digest. You know, the fight or flight response is the back brain. The front brain is the rest and digest. So when you can activate your cerebral cortex, your thinking brain, your genius brain, if you want to call it that, it releases feel-good chemicals, calming music, going exercise. You've got to get those chemicals out. The worst thing you can do is have all of these stressful chemicals floating around in your body. They're made for movement, fighting or fleeing. They're made for an intense, physical, life-threatening encounter. And when you have your foot on the accelerator and on the brake, these things just cook our insides over time and raise our, they, they lead to diabetes, visceral fat, 
accumulation, autoimmune. It's a, it's a disaster. Now, Phil, are you recommending to take it one step down to practicality, a little closer to the reality of our everyday lives? Are you saying that a person in a relationship should have an agreed upon pattern of conflict resolution that this is what's going to happen? This is what I'm going to do in the future. And we're not going to go back and forth about this. We're going to take a break. Well, how do, how do, what, what do you recommend? How do you handle it? I would, I would say to the person, just tell the other party, when I abruptly leave, it's because I don't want us to get into a disagreement again. You and us deserve better. And there's, go away, detox these chemicals. Comedy's real good, calming music, uh, meditative, spirituality, anything that, uh, hobbies, anything that forces the blood to go to the front of the brain. Now, when you're calmer, then you go back around the other party and then you have a, a rational discussion with them. 80% of the time, people are like, oh, that's nothing. I was just crazy at the moment. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's why people, something little like uh, they didn't take the garbage out again will set people off and they end up police getting pulled in over something stupid like that. Because that's what happens when this brain gets activated and the two brains will feed on each other. You know, it's like dominoes. I call it the escalation or the kitchen sink stage where they just start feeding each other and then they, they and then it gets crazy. Why do you call it kitchen sink? Because we throw everything at the other party when we reach a certain point. Oh, I got you. Topics, uh, irrelevant stuff. I mean, it gets... Labels, games, yeah. It gets nasty, down and dirty. So and then it, once you then, okay, this is, we're, we're running out of time. It's been fun yes. talking to you, but I've got to ask you this other question. So now we're down to putting some space in it. We're past the cathartic theory of mental health. This is not a mentally healthy thing to do to be cathartic. We're now down to getting that prefrontal cortex calmed down. Is there something that you recommend to clients who are engaged it's a learning process you're telling all of us a learning process it's a coping strategy it's a skill set that you're having our listeners think about developing this is a skill set that i want to have yes so then the next question is is there a way to design a program or do you have any tools that you would recommend for a person doing this over time how do you rekindle reawaken that over i'm really talking about strategy now you're we've been talking about tactics that thing we were talking about leaving the room is a tactic strategy is how do we deal with this thing over time do you have any deeper thoughts about the overall strategy for that situation well what happens is people can stay around the other party relatively quickly and not go into lizard brain and so what happens is they develop the self-awareness and control to be able to talk through issues without generating conflict. My favorite quote is from Aristotle. Anybody can become angry. That doesn't give you bragging rights, but to be angry at the right place, at the right time, with the right person, in the right degree, for the right purpose, that's not so easy. So he says, filter your anger through your frontal brain. So it's purpose-driven constructive because frontal brain is love caring let's fix it survival brain is destruction so you can't have them both well there's a key word there that comes to my mind that i think needs to be and you haven't quite said this i know you think this way because it's obvious from the way you're talking so i'm not telling you anything i'm just discussing this with you but i think the key word there is respect okay so what happens is if a person can be respectful then they can be upset in some respect because they're actually continuing to have an internal connection with that other person that's real rather than lizard yes so if 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 i'm being respectful to you as i'm talking to you i might have some pressure about what i'm saying but i haven't lost the connection with you in this discussion because we're getting more and cl- more closer to the possibility of a negotiated settlement yes. that will combine our interests in a constructive way yeah yeah what conventions do is they they create a wall that people keep bouncing off of over yeah. and over and you have end up with all these elephants in the room and so this helps people get through that wall well and a wall is a paleolithic paleolithic thinking 
it's reductionistic thinking, it's polarization thinking, and yeah. it's disrespectful because that says you're the only person who knows what's going on. It's Whereas if you think right. about it from a comprehensive point of view and a respectful point of view, you're going to have a more transcendent view because you're going to look at the complexities and be humble in the process yes. as opposed to being smart. So if you're really humble, that you can be taught, and if you can be taught, you can negotiate, and, and that then obviates the whole issue of the reptilian thinking frozen yes. in time situation. And I don't teach people how to communicate. I teach them how not to talk from the reptilian brain. Stay calm. Untalk. Stop talking when you are upset. Because when we're calm, we all know there's so much data out there. How to talk. Don't get in their face. Don't point your finger. Don't use toxic words. Stay calm. We all know that. But the yeah. problem is we cannot access all of that information when we're in our reptilian brain. So yeah. come out of it, and we people do it automatically. They do it smoothly. So this is a very interesting conversation, Phil. I really appreciate you taking the time. I think we touched a lot of souls out there because every single person out there has been in this conversation with themselves and somebody else. There's no question about it. You can't be a human being and be alive without thinking about a feeding frenzy. <laughs> yes. And, and, you, and, and the evolution of humankind is way past the feeding frenzy. You know? Yes. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a political figure or whether you're, you know, we just had this whole thing in doggone Charlottesville, just not far from you in yes. the state of Virginia. People were in a feeding frenzy. They they had a bunch of reptilian people running around out there. Yes. And 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 you know I'm not going to say any more about it because I don't know enough about it to comment. But but that is the human condition. I appreciate your sharing that with us. Let's have your website one more time. We'll have it in the show notes. And I really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, let's let's talk more love. And uh, I'm going to be offering a free webinar on there for people. 45 minute webinar that's going to talk about this. I'm going to use a lot of graphics. Reptilian masks, crocodile masks, comics, uh, and I'm going to give people concrete things on how to fix this. That's great. That webinar link is going to be on the show notes, folks. And you can tell them what it is. It's forward slash core brain. You don't have to come to our show notes. So it's it's yeah. your website, forward slash core brain. Yes. And, uh, and is that not correct? That's right, right? And, and yeah, and I also have a quiz on there, a death, what I call the death zone quiz. So if people want to see where they are in the dead zone relative <laughs> to caring, lost in their love, yeah, yeah. And sign up for that quiz and sign up for my course, and, and we'll see what we can do to, to get you out of it. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. I mean, very excellent conversation, Phil. Really appreciate you taking the time. And, uh, you know, wish you the best, and I hope this works out well for, for, your, uh, for your webinar audience. It should be fun. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you, buddy. You have a good one. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Core Brain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive, misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications, like those written for ADHD, are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.